All right. Well, this is, I couldn't, when you said we should do firefighters, I was like, have we not done firefighters? I mean, it's been, okay, it's part of like the magic list, right? Of like, like, which is sorted, by the way, into like jobs and, you know, and then like, we're just sort of sometimes we're like, what are we going to do? And something magically rises up to the surface because one of us is like, that's. Well, did you know, Jen, that I am like a firefighter romance person? Did you know that? I did not know that. See? Oh, man, do I'm so basic. I <laughs> love. Okay, <sighs> firefighter is the empirically sexiest uniform. I'm sorry, everybody. Like, but that's just the way it is. People who run into burning buildings to save people are like sure. the romance heroes of our time. I appreciate, I have... I have met many a firefighter. I appreciate this isn't necessarily the truth of what's <laughs> underneath the uniform, but in romance listen, world, yeah. I will never forget my daughter was like just walking. So like I don't know, 18 like under 2. And we had a grocery store with a parking lot in walking distance to our house. And so like every day to like get her walking, like to like we would walk the one and a half blocks to our grocery store in New York City and, like, buy, like, a baked potato and whatever for dinner. Right, right. (laughs) And I will never forget... Oh, welcome, everyone, to Fate of Makes. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And now... Now, uh, without further ado... about firefighters. Um, The... And so I will never forget, we came out of the grocery store with our, like, little bag of whatever it was, and there was a fire truck parked in the parking lot because they were doing their, like, you know, shop, Mm -hmm. their grocery shop, and they all piled out in uniform. (laughs) Like, not not in, like, full uniform, but they had the, like, suspenders and the big pants Mm -hmm. and the the t-shirts that say FDNY, and, uh... And there were maybe six of them. And they started walking across the parking lot. And they all were like, hey, to her. And she was like, <gasps> like, I could see on her face. She's like, oh, my God. What's happening? This is the greatest moment of like my it. two-year-old life. <laughs> Amazing. And I could see she was just like, this yeah, is the greatest. This is cool. She had that, like, firefighter moment. Yes. And I feel like... Uh, for me, I still have that firefighter moment because I cannot process the idea of like, yeah, that being your job. This thirty-two story building is a flame, and I'm going to go in there. Um, I feel like I'm sure I've told this story before because it's like some there's something about this story that's really like memorable in my family because mm. for my husband does no longer does this but for a while he was a teacher like that's how we met and then for a while like we actually worked at the same school for a while in in berkeley in california in this tiny little school and he eventually became an administrator and now does like has just like moved on entirely but i am still teaching middle school but anyway we worked at this little middle school in berkeley that is no longer existing run by a woman who had no business running any kind of business. Like, she, like she let had, alone like, a school. Let alone a school. <laughs> like, she had great ideas, but, like, literally there were parents who would be like, I just want her to cash my tuition checks. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. Or like one time, you know, like our health insurance just got canceled because she forgot to pay that bill. Like it was really honestly a very Yikes. I was like, I can no longer work for a person like this. I, I this is why I have a job actually to feel certain. And anyway, so this school, though, was like a newer building. I think it was built by a church who was like renting it out. And so it was kind of this and and. We call, like, you know, like, your school, like, sometimes fire drills get pulled or or whatever. And the art teacher was this older woman who would always get, like, really excited. <laughs> she would say, those those hunky Berkeley firemen are coming. <laughs> Hunk, hunky. Like, you know what I mean? And even to this day. You know like, what, though? Hunky mis- is a good word for yes, a firefighter. Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. Like, and, and you know. <laughs> And she would, and so even like my husband still be like, remember how much she loved when the firemen would come? <laughs> and I was like, those hunky Berkeley firemen, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, it was actually really funny. One time we called because we were sure there was a gas leak. Mm-hmm. And they came and they did a lot of testing. Because, you know, you don't really fool around when it's a school. Right. Um, and they were like, it's just body odor. It's the body odor of 13-year-olds. <laughs> Like, that smell you smell is just, it's a poorly ventilated building. And I can, uh, I have a similar story. So I was living in Brooklyn and um, I was living above a, like, restaurant, above a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And my carbon monoxide detector was going off. And it was going off in, like, the way that carbon monoxide detectors go off, not when it's, like, a battery situation, but, like, it was, like, you have a carbon monoxide leak in your house. Yeah. So I called 311, which is our information line, and I said, I'm not sure if this is an emergency, but, like, what do I do? And they were like, you need the fire, you need to call 911. Hang up, hang up right now and call 911. So I did. And uh, I full-on dressed, suited, like, team of firemen arrived with their siren on outside of my apartment, which is everyone just know that if your apartment is not on fire and this happens, it's highly embarrassing because you're like, every everything in here is fine. Nobody needs to be concerned. And up the stairs, three flights come these, like, you know, a team, like a, like, I don't know, I don't know, five of them. And they come into the house, and I'm holding my dog, and the guy, the, like, captain of this team, like, walks through my house with a carbon monoxide detector and is like, you do not have a carbon monoxide leak. And I was like, okay, but why is my... (laughs) I was like, so what do I do? And he goes, maybe change the batteries. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I mean... And I was like, you know, 25... And, and you're just like, I'm going to die now. Thank you. <laughs> and, like, this is not, like, the middle of nowhere. We are going to talk today about some middle-of-nowhere firemen who, like, have the time for this. But, like, this is New York City. Like, surely they had, these men had something else to do with themselves. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, but they did not. Uh, that uh, moment, they were in my apartment making me feel bad. I mean, for what it's worth, they were perfectly fine. But, like, definitely, like, I was the 18th. 22-year-old who had summoned them to who her house for them no for, reason. Yes. And they were just like, you should have called your dad who would have told you to change the, the batteries. You know, 
know, we're all young and in our first apartments at some point, and <laughs> the fire, hunky Berkeley firemen everywhere are there to support us. When your kids are little, you take them to the local yeah, fire station, the and they sit and the, in the. You know, I mean, like there is a vibe to firemen that just. Cops don't have, right? I mean, <laughs> nobody is running it's around saying all firemen are bastards, right? I mean, so I think that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Is this feels like a public—you know, it's public service without, I don't know, without everything that comes with policing, right? Yeah. And so I think there's a way in which we transfer all of our— you know, people, there are brave people who have to make society work. Well, it also does feel <laughs> right? heroic, right? Yeah, like, there's truly, so, yeah. In, I don't know, does Chicago do this dumb, like, everybody has a name thing? So in New York, it's like the police officer, so the NYPD is New York's finest. And then the police department is New York, the fire department is New York's bravest. And I'm always like, New York's bravest. Like, that's really the, that's the yeah. vibe you that's want. That's the vibe. Yeah, of course. And, of course. Uh, no, and then there are a bunch of others, like, the correctional officers are New York's boldest, and, like, fuck those guys. But the, um, the, like, it's everybody has their, like, superlative. Yeah, New York's, New York's bravest feels, feels right to me. Um, and so I think, like, there's something in here that's, like, do you have firemen in—I was thinking about before we started, like, I was like, where, who are the firefighters, like, in the world, like, in the media world who we, like, think about? And I think about that book, um, that movie, when we were growing up, we had that movie Backdraft. Do you remember Backdraft? And it was like— Yes. I can still see the previews for that and feeling like, oh, that's—and it was—was was it Alec Baldwin? Kurt Russell? I'm going to Google it right now. Well, and the thing I vividly remember, and I was funny because I was thinking about this too, is like, do you remember the scene where like they pull up and the fire hydrant is behind some like rich Ooh, guy's it's car set in Chicago? Yeah, and they like basically like break through the guy's car window to get to the, you know what I mean, to the hydrant or whatever. Uh huh. Listen, all right. Directed by Ron Howard, starring Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, and Robert De Niro. And it's the two Chicago firefighter brothers who have to work together. They don't like each other, and they have to work together to find a dangerous arsonist. Of course. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee, Rebecca DeMornay. This is really like a a who's who of 1991. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they're—so, for sure, like, I think that, like, like they they make great movies, right? There's— um, Chicago Fire, a TV show. Like, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of sh- shows that are like Chicago Fire, and Chicago that Med. Paramount Plus, that show. Paramount Plus show. Wait, I was just gonna the, say, what is the name of that Paramount Plus show that advertised on the podcast? And the re- head writer, and it was uh, so great. It was like something Med, uh, Sky Med, Sky Med, right? Uh, which is a very fun. That's set in Canada, and it's extremely fun. It's about like the personal lives of like the pilots and nurses who fly air ambulances. So it's like slight. It's more EMT than firefighter, but right, right. In, more, in Canada, a lot of that that job seems to go hand in hand. In a way, I don't really understand. Yeah, there's some connection. EMTs are also a part of this. Well, because they're the one, because the firefighters, you know, the hunky firefighters climb <laughs> the stairs in all their gear yeah. and like lift people in firefighter carry uh, down the stairs out to a car, a van, no, an ambulance. <laughs> Sorry, the proper term is ambulance, where then like other people save them. 
It's a one-two punch of heroicism. Yeah, I would say I'm also, and this is the part where you really want to, I'm fascinated by, um, like, wildlife firefighting, which, of course, in our modern world of climate Smoke change. Smoke jumpers. Right. Has become called. even more mm-hmm. dramatic, right? I mean, like, there's a whole thing about, like, how they have those emergency tents. <gasps> Do you know about this? No. Okay, so if you are firefighting in, like, a wildlife area, Mm. one of your pieces of equipment, I guess, is this kind of emergency tent. And it's like a one, like an emergency fire shelter, I guess. Okay. Oh, and it's like you you even zip yourself into it? It's basically like you make yourself into a little burrito in this thing. <gasps> and then the fire, you, it's basically like the fire is going to go over you. You can't escape it. So you just are there until it's over. <gasps> yeah. And essentially it's like it will protect your life through, it'll like kind of trap in the breathable air you need and keep you from, like keep the gases out. At the same time, it somehow prevents the fire from killing you. And it's like... The ultimate only one sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, but it literally, like, I don't want to even make it sexy because I don't think it is. Like, if there's no, only one terrifying. and there's only one person, you're, yeah. And so this is like a new, Apologies like, so this for that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, everybody. Like, I was I like, don't. Jen, you love a sleeping bag. <laughs> I know, but in this case, I, okay. You're really like, it's a one man thing. There's mm-hmm. no joking around with it. So um, I also was reading this article that it's like, there's something really terrible. I mean, I want to, like, be honest about this, right? Like, there are prisons. I was just going to say this. Forced in California. Prisoners. Yes, right? It's There's, like, inmate firefighter it's not, programs. It's not, yeah. forcing, but they, they allow, they essentially offer imprisoned people, incarcerated people, the opportunity to learn how to fight wildfires. And then if they join these, like, wildfire, like, fighting teams, mm-hmm. they get time off their sentence. There's a There was a huge piece about this in the Times or the Post a couple of years ago. Yeah, but there's also a huge piece of it in like political reviews and things mm. like talking about how essentially unjust it is they weren't paying people what they were supposed to Oh no, to pay. of course. Oh, I mean like, it's you know. Ter- and also like sending people into the training is not exactly like high quality training either. They're basically sending these people without any quality training into Yeah. yeah. And promising them freedom with it. So yeah, this past summer there, you know, was a bunch of really interesting articles, one at the Marshall Project, which is about criminal justice about. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is like also like one of those things where, um, I mean, it's like, it's fascinating. The prison industrial complex is fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to. Yeah. Yes. That's our, that's our stance here at Facebook. There's our, yes. (laughs) There's our there's our theme. So um, yeah, I mean, anyway, it's it's like really interesting the way that um, because this is such a desperate need out west, right? The way that like firefighting is very different when you're talking about being dropped into an active firefight, like fire, like forest fire, essentially, yep, yep. or wildfire. So yeah, I mean, it's just basically, I don't know, it's it. 
it's there's a lot there. And I think most of the romances, of course, are not really dealing with that, right? Like most of the romances that I've read are dealing with instead, like either. Well, wait, if we're going to just yeah. do, we should clear the table then yeah. on the things, the problematic pieces here, right? Yeah, right. Uh, the course. other thing is, is that this is a real white subgenre. Yeah, I mean, like I could think of many of the uniformed subgenres. This yeah. is a very white one. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, and I don't know the statistics on like the actual, you know, the actual like right. demographics of firefighting. Although, you know, I'm certain that it is not a very white. It's not a very white job here in New York City. I mean, there are many right. white people who it's probably majority sure. white, but like there are a lot of. Men and women of color in New York City who work for the fire department. Well, I think that's the other thing that I think is really interesting is it seems to be a subgenre where, like, if there is a woman doing the job, it's like she's the only one. And therefore, right? Yeah. And that I'm also really interested in. Like, is that the case that, you know, most firefighting teams are made up predominantly of men or, right? Like, so, like, there's a way in which I'm not sure of the the kind of politics that are often at play in these books are the same as they are in real life, right? According to the United States Fire Administration, which is, you know, a part of FEMA, look at me, clickety-clacking over here. (laughs) Uh, 5% of all career firefighters are women. Okay. And 11% of all volunteer firefighters are women. And 12% of federal wildland firefighters, I don't know what that means, are women. So... Yeah, so the odds are she is the only one. Yeah. In New York City, uh, less than 2% of firefighters are women. Now, this is, I heard this, saw this thing the other day. I don't know, it made me mad about how, like, uh, how, like, See, that's funny. I saw this thing, it made me mad. I feel like that's usually my line, but okay, you go. (laughs) It made me mad. (laughs) And it was, like, about how women, it was, like, some, it was an incendiary TikTok or Instagram or something that I was, like, supposed to get mad at. Like, it was for the, it was for the clicks, right? Right. And I did get mad, but I did not click. And it said, like, women need men because... You know, the majority of firefighters, the the majority of police officers are men. The majority of firefighters are men, right? The majority of construction workers are men. And I was like, this is dumb. This is dumb on a number of levels. But here's the thing is like if you if like in New York City, only two percent of all firefighters are women, like no wonder that statistic stands like who wants to go be one of two percent? Of women firefighters, like you have to be a very particular and like tremendous kind of person to want to do that. But I do feel like this is the place for me to talk about what might be what I believe is one of the best firefighter romances out there. This week's episode is sponsored by 1001 Dark Nights, publisher of Dylan Allen's The Wild Card. So River's Wild series is a very, very popular one. Um, And this new book, or this new story is a neighbors to lovers second chance billionaire romance. Listen, Dylan knows the job. <laughs> um, our hero, Leo, is a billionaire with family secrets looking for a fresh start. He has two priorities. He's backed in town, ready to put down new roots and make up for old mistakes. And he absolutely does not have time in that schedule for a blind date with his new neighbor until he discovers that his new neighbor is not a stranger. She is Cassie. The one who got away. I love it. 
but Jen. Cassie (laughs) is a reformed jewel thief. Thank you. Very excited about this. She has finally paid her debts. She is ready to come back to town and live the life she has always wanted. Um, Her new neighbor sounds like a perfect opportunity for that new life. He sounds great. She's very up for a blind date. Um, except, oh no, he turns out to be someone she can't trust, right? Who yeah. promised her the world and then disappeared without a trace. Um, now, he wants to pick up where they left off. She wants absolutely none of that, only to keep her distance. I don't think it's going to work out for Cassie <laughs> um, because they are— Leo is obsessed with her. He's going to make it he work. obsessed. Exactly. Their chemistry is undeniable and just flames everywhere. All right. If you would like to read this second chance contemporary romance with a billionaire single dad, a heist, a destination, and an obsessed hero, and who wouldn't, please check out The Wild Card by Dylan Allen. If your podcasting app supports it, you can look down right now and click on the chapter title, and you can have it in your hot little hands right now as we speak. Thanks to 1001 Dark Nights for sponsoring this week's episode. Let's just jump right in. It's Kate Meter. Like, when you say firefighter romances, that's, like, immediately what I think of. That's the first one. So it's called Hot in Chicago, and Jen likes it probably because Kate is also from Chicago, and so she gets the city right. Um, Which is, you know, a piece of the puzzle always in these, like, city-based ones. Okay, so the first one, so this... My they're favorite all one is number two, but they're, you should just read it from the beginning. Uh, there are a couple of novellas in there. Um, so the first one is called Flirting with Fire. And in and I'm starting with the first one just because it, like, has this great moment for the second one that really, like, tees up the second one in this, like, perfect way. Okay, she's the assistant press secretary to the mayor. And, like, the mayor in this book, in the, this series, is, like, charismatic and hunky. <laughs> Like, very sexy and great, and, like, not like any city mayors, honestly, ever. But it's Romance Landia mayors. Um, And she's the press secretary, and the hero is um, the the one of a family of, I think, five. They're called the Firefighting, apostrophe, (laughs) Dempsey's. And they are a family of foster siblings who have all, like— who are now all firefighters. And there are four men and a woman. Yes. And in the first book, uh, the mayor has, the mayor has like some like significant donor, like very, very wealthy donor who drives a Lamborghini and like (laughs) parks in front, similarly, like in front of a fire hydrant or like parks somewhere where he can't be parked. And uh, the second uh, books heroine um the firefight and dempsey uh um <laughs> firefight and dempsey her name is alexandra and she is like there ready to um like she like breaks the window of his lamborghini or like yes. cuts off the door i can't remember yeah, what, like she's like jaws of life kind she of scenario like, right destroys yeah destroys this lamborghini the lamborghini yeah. of like the highest paying donor to the mayor's like re-election campaign and the mayor is like what the fuck and she's yeah. like well he shouldn't have parked like i don't know what to yeah. say to you well it's, and it's like captured on video which of course it's funny because of course now that's what would happen she would become this like tiktok star yeah so like looking back it felt like it's it was smart like the 
essentially it becomes a sensation to see this like beautiful fire woman, right? Yeah. Essentially like busting open this car, right? Yep. And so in the second one, uh, the second one is Alex's book. And Alex and Eli, so Eli is the name of the mayor, and they are the, so that he is just like, he, she is a hot shot, like she is, she's a wild, she's, she's a wild card. She's, yeah. you know, gonna get everybody in trouble because she just plays with fire. That's the name of the, the name of the book, yeah. Playing With Fire. And um, he can't stand her, and she really can't stand him. Yeah. Um, but then she has to save his life. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's a Drake. Yeah. And so she shows up and she has to save his life. And I think she gives him mouth to mouth. Like she's like, she get like she, or she like to, puts him in a carry or something, yeah, like right? She like she literally yeah. has to save his life. And the like there are pictures, and like suddenly Chicago is like, look at how like sexy the yeah. mayor is, and look at the, like Chicago's like so drawn to this story. Right. And like at the same time, she's dealing with the very serious issues of being one of only two percent of women in the Chicago Fire Department. And part of the reason why it works so well is because she's like being in a public relationship with the fucking mayor is exactly the kind of thing that like people exp- like people don't care about what i do they think of me as like that girl that pretty girl who does who like is just like an adorable mascot for the fire department and like that's not what she wants she wants to be taken seriously just like all of her brothers and she deserves to be like this woman runs into burning buildings to save people. Like, that's her job. And she just wants the respect due to it. But, like, instead, now she's, like, this, like, sex pot, you know, mayor's girlfriend. I will say this. There is some of the hottest, like, there's a scene where, like, she goes to his house or he goes, I forget whose house they're in, but, like, the door kicks closed behind them when they walk in. And it is, like, the the flames are, (laughs) are real. But read the first one first. Like, it, do yourself a favor and, like, commit to two. And, you know, she, I think, has to, like, like prove herself to her brothers, prove herself to the city, right? Like, I think there's a whole bit about, like, her physical readiness. Like, she's really tall. She's a big woman, right? Kind of you'd have to be to kind of do the physical requirements of the job. And that's a part that, you know, she really struggles with. Like, yeah. this feeling of, like, wait, this is what's going to keep me back from having my brother's respect and being a part of, you know, I mean, so it's like really the whole thing about it is it's like she's from a foster family that where like firefighting is an identifier. Right. So like her like kind of figuring out like if this is the identity of my family and it's something I also want to do. I, It's great. It's like a really, it's a terrific book. It really, really is. Yeah. That whole series is um, it's awesome. Super fun. And then there's she went back to it, right? Like she wrote, she wrote the first series, Hot in Chicago, and then she went, then she wrote a bunch of other things. She's written a hockey series for my hockey girlies out there, but she's all and then I think she went back and started and wrote another Hot in Chicago, like rookie firefighter series. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So like if you're a firefighter reader yeah this this is for you this whole series will really work for you i think yeah there's also i mean there's a shannon stacy kind of family of firefighters families of firefighters are are big yeah and i i've read those i think shannon stacy writes a just like writes a really solid 
romance, right? Like you're going to get what you want. And there's like, it's like Boston fire. I think it's all where it takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, I am trying to remember the one I really like. And I think, um, I think the one that I liked in that was, uh, I think it was called Heat Exchange. I'm kind of looking at them. It's one where Lydia, again, I like sort of the women in these stories. She's not a firefighter, but her fault, you know, her dad was, her brother was, Mm -hmm. her ex-husband was. And she goes back home to kind of like help. You know, I I can't remember why she left, but like she has to go back home. She's going to help her dad. They own a bar. All these firefighters. Same thing with the Dempseys. A real crossover. Right. And was that um, Irish thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And... Falls in love with her brother's friend who is also a firefighter, right? But, like, she's been down that road before. I also find this, like, a really compelling story. Wait, who is this? This is Heat Exchange by Shannon Stacey. Shannon Stacey. So this is, like, the uh, another family Is this the one where she... She's, like, sworn off firefighters. Yes, right. Yeah. She's like, I've been down She's this like, road. She's like, I can't do that. But, of course, right. Like, and I love those stories. Like, there's a great one where the woman's first husband was a race car driver, and she falls in love with another race car driver. <sighs> like, and I get that, right? Like, this is— I've sworn them. I've sworn off yes, one. Yes, right? Like, I—well, <laughs> in this case, I think her husband died. It wasn't yeah. F1, but he had died in a car accident. Yeah. Like, no, driving. Terrible. I mean, so, like, the kind of— so I, I think that's the other thing. Like, the part of the reason we like these books, Sarah, is because they're high stakes by definition. Yep. Right? These people could die anytime yes. they go to work. Yes. And I so mean, decide- and that is terrifying. And I do yeah. not. My husband is definitely not going to die every right. day if he goes to work. Right. Right. So, like, um, <laughs> die of shock over some dumb thing we said on the podcast, maybe. But <laughs> not quite the same. <laughs> um, There is... Yeah, I mean, I really—but you hit on something else, which is the family piece of things. Like, I grew up—my best friend in high school, her dad was a firefighter, and both of her brothers then became firefighters. And, and like, I think this family thing is real. Like, this is a—this is a real family job Um, in, like, a really old-fashioned kind of way. Yeah, like the first Nepo babies— yeah, well, and I mean, a real union job, right? Yes, like, so yes. there is a real sense of, like, True, also like, a no. kind of sense that, like, firefighters understand, right? Like, what there's—and so the 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 world becomes very sort of small, in, even in these books that are big city-set books, right? The, the world is very small because, like, I think marrying into firefighting— is probably if for somebody who doesn't understand the job, like understand the the threat of it, is is yeah, probably very like shocking. Cultural almost, like right, like a culture shift for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I I really I love that setup, um, but I think that that's why so many of these series are family series. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I think that's obviously has its own appeal, right? Um, can I talk about another one? And I meant to go back and reread it. I think you like Lauren Rowe, right? Have you read? I do like Lauren Rowe. Yeah. Have you read Hero by her? Mm, um, maybe. Okay. Probably. It's Tell me Hero. more. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And Hero and, you know, like content warning on this because I actually went back and reread the beginning because I was like, it starts with, um, the heroine's name is Lydia. 
And she, the book starts like sort of like some years earlier, right? Like, but it's like on page where her, she's like a physical therapist and her husband is a firefighter and he he dies mm-hmm. on the line, in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. And there's this really, um, like it, it's like her rushing to the hospital and being told, you know, by the doctor, like he's he's brain dead, he's gone, and you know, and so, you know, it starts off this really traumatic opening, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think they have a baby or a young child, mm-hmm. and then it, you know, it's like then it kind of so we get a couple of chapters, I think, of her essentially like being you know, like, kind of dealing with this. Yeah. And then, and then I think we get, like, sort of a chapter, um, you know, the next, so there's, like, the first three chapters. And it, I don't know if it says, like, how long it is, but then um, chapter four picks up, it's, like, present day, and we get Colby, who is Colby Morgan. I think it's, like, the Morgan brothers, again, are, like, the the series. Um, I don't think they're all firefighters, but this one is. And it starts off with him, you know, getting in. He's, like, literally in a fire, right? Like, again, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I think is really memorable about this book to me is, I will be honest, many of my firefighter books never actually have them fighting with fire. And, you know, it's, like, it's their job, but we very rarely see it on page, like them actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And so there's, uh, you know, and I mean, I want to say it's pretty early. It's probably, you know, his second or third chapter, he's in a fire and he rescues a woman and a baby and ends up in the ICU. Oh, I have read this one. Yes. Right. Ends up in the ICU. And then Lydia is like the physical therapist assigned to work mm-hmm. with him. So you get like <laughs> right, right in the first like I mean literally Perfect. like there yeah it's like the whole setup you can see like her dilemma and struggle she watched her husband you know literally die from this and now here is this new fireman like in the ICU and it's her job to be sort of working with him um, you know so, so like the entire setup is one of like I've experienced this loss before and there's no way. Yeah, no I don't way. want to do it again. Yeah, but there, but there they are. Colby and Lydia can't resist each other. Amazing. So this one, I think, is. I mean, it has that setup of like the widow, grieving widow, who has to find love against the man who is also lives a dangerous life to her, and then, but also the, um, you know, more more firefighting action on page in this one. I would say. Amazing. Not just, not just breaking into Lamborghinis. So that's Hero by Lauren Rowe. Yeah, I like Lauren Rowe because I feel like she really, she's a real feelings writer. Like she spends a lot of time setting up her characters, like in a way that is like kind of old school. Like I really love that she takes the time to do it. Um, yeah, and I my guess is this book is, it's, oh, 2018. I'm going to say, yeah, I was like, I remember reading this kind of right when I first started, like, reviewing and kind of was, like, back in romance in that way. So that makes sense. Yeah. This week's episode of Fade of Mates is sponsored by Joe Brenner, author of Meet Me in the Dark. 
the third book in the Bad Heroes series. Now, this is a real classic dark romance trilogy. Um, It is also a wide choose. So we have three really hot, gorgeous Navy SEALs, Micah, Luke, and Connor. They are our best friends and lovers and absolutely ruthless when it comes to getting what they want. And what do they want? Kara. Um, so <laughs> Micah, Poor girl. right? Exactly. They kidnap her. They have, de- they're determined to never let her go, but they also have enemies with like, like that essentially want to bring them down. Their Navy SEAL careers ended in, in a bit of a, um, like they were set up essentially. Right. And so they have, their good names have been maligned (laughs) and so you know they're on the run so this is like a story that really taps into all the things that you love about dark romance right like like sort of the world the sense of lawlessness and that it's these people together against everyone um and Kara is a great heroine she's really strong and determined to essentially like if she's gonna have these men on her have them on her own terms um this series is now complete with the third book but you definitely have to go back to the first book and start reading there. Um, And book three really expands the HEA and the sense of them working together as a foursome, although this series does a really good job of showing each of them as individuals and their kind of relationships with each other too. It's super spicy, super sexy, um, and has all of the big feelings that you would expect in a Why Choose Romance. This is a dark romance, so check content warnings at joebrenner.com. And find it in print, ebook, and with your monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. If your podcasting app supports it, you can click on the title of the, the ad that you are looking at right now on your phone, and it'll take you directly to Amazon to purchase the book. Thanks to Joe Brenner for sponsoring this week's episode. So what's interesting to me about firefighters is there was this time period, this is like kind of... God, maybe the late aughts or like early, early tens mm-hmm. where all the firefighter romances were also romantic suspense. Like there was that yes. sort of, it sort of did that double duty yes. of like, yeah. it was an arsonist. And, right. Right. And, um, you know, not to put too fo- fine a point on the uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips thing she always says, which is like, if your hero is a firefighter, your heroine has to be an arsonist. Right. Um, I have not read that book. <laughs> I don't know if that book exists, but like, it's a good point about conflict. But I think... Right. What so many of these series did in that, like, very particular time was, like, establish two characters and then, like, threat, the relentless threat of Mm -hmm. arson or, like, some kind of crime, criminal activity that would put them in danger, right? Right. This is the way I feel about, you said, you you were talking about racing books earlier, but, like, I feel like in many ways for me, the promise of the premise of a firefighting romance is, like, at some point someone is going to be in a fire. Yeah. Right? And, like, harm or really like threat like a real threat of harm yeah right this comes from my own sort of love of those old historicals where like they'd be thatching a roof in a like old medieval town and then there would be a fire and the hero would have to go in and like lift a burning you know yeah thing right. off of a heroine to save her right mm-hmm. um so anyway i want to talk about two series for that um if this is your thing um, the first is um, Kayla Perrin's Passion Ignited. So the uh, series is, I think, called Love on Fire because, of course, mm-hmm. it is. 
Yeah. This is the one thing I will say about this. I literally was trying to remember the name of the book today, and I listed, like, six other firefighting romances before I got to the appropriate title. for Like, they're all play on the words fire. Yeah, right. Um, but this is Kayla Perrin's Love on Fire series. It's an old Kamani series that was published in 2014. Okay. And the— third book in the series, which is Passion Ignited, is um, the hero, Omar, uh, what he became, he's like a, not late in life, but like later career firefighter. Like he had, he was part of like a family business, but now he's decided that like his true calling is firefighting. And he is, there's an arsonist in the town where they are. And there's a journalist. I love a journalist, Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. And Gabrielle is the journalist who's like chasing after this. She is also looking for this arsonist. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is set in San Francisco. And um, basically like these two end up being kind of like, they like resist working together, but of course they end up working together also because they're both super hot. And, you know, they can't resist each other. Right. <laughs> um, but then as part of it, like, there's a there's a romantic suspense piece to this where Gabrielle becomes a target of the arsonist because she is getting closer and closer. And he, Omar, like, has no choice but to, like, protect, like, mentally has no choice but to protect yeah. her at all times. And it's very hot. And so that's sure. Kayla Perrin's Passion Ignited. You can read that one without reading the other two. It's just there, are, if you love it, there are two others in the series also about firefighters in San Francisco. And that made me think of Jill Shalvis, who I feel like... Jill, Sh- I was like, of course, Jill Shalvis must have a firefighting. She has you multiples, know? Sure. right? Like, so... Jill Shalvis, for, like, a minute and a half, wrote a series about, uh, wrote, like, a, a like, a full-on firefighter series. It was yeah. literally called Firefighter. And each one of them was um, romantic suspense. And uh, the one that I like the best, my favorite in the series, is Seeing Red, um, where the heroine, again, romantic suspense, Summer is the heroine, and her father died, I don't know, a decade ago in a warehouse fire. Mm-hmm. And, like, she just took off. She was like, I can't even be in this town anymore. But now, like, it's 10 years later, and there's a second fire at the warehouse, and she comes back to, like, help her mom, like, do, like, for reasons, for romance yeah. reasons. Um and she gets back, and the fire marshal is Owen. No, I'm sorry. The fire marshal is Joe, who, um, like, they had, they were, like, basically, like, wild for each other. They were best mm-hmm. friends, and he had this, like, unrequited love for her 10 years earlier. And then she took off and, like, left him alone. Like, no real, yeah. they, they, she went, like, kind of no contact, um, and now she's back and he's like, she, like, I still have all these like pent up, like feel, I'm feeling all these feelings again and I can't, like, he's like a classic shell, this hero. Yeah. Um, and the arson, this arsonist is back and then it starts to, it's again, like anywhere that's important to summer is being set on fire. And so yeah. like the two of them are like racing against time to catch the arsonist to save the day. Okay. Um, so that's Seeing Red by Jill Shalvis. Um, but she'll, Jill Shalvis, while I'm on here, I just want to say Jill Shalvis also has, like, these old-fashioned, not old-fashioned, but, like, those classic Harlequin desires. 
Oh, yeah. I'm talking right. About, where, like, he's wearing suspenders and no shirt. He's <laughs> very oiled up. Sure. He's also wearing, like, a fireman's hat. Sure, that's how it works. Listen, <laughs> if I were dating a fireman, would I make him wear no shirt, suspenders, and a hat? I absolutely would. I Lube mean, him like, up first, though. Don't forget that important part. <laughs> Yeah, just oiled. Um, the <laughs> first that one seems safe, but oil <laughs> on. Yeah, that's definitely flammable. I don't. I could not tell you the plot of any of these books, but I do remember that they are called Flashpoint and mm, Flashback. Yeah. Sure. Sure. There is a third one, which who and I cannot remember the name of that one either. But I will tell you that instead of wearing a fireman's hat in that one, he is wearing a Santa hat, and it is a holiday romance. <laughs> A plus. Listen, God, you said such I nice things. Like the Harlequin Desire art team is like, I know. We'll I've make got it. You. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> Don't you worry about a thing. <laughs> he is still in the dark, oiled Amazing. up, wearing suspenders and a hat, but it is a Santa hat. Amazing. I would like to so talk about check show notes. I will find that cover. Yeah. I hope it's a Jill Shalvis cover. Because it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I would like to talk about Blue Smoke by Nora Roberts. A um, classic. It is a classic. And this is like, you. this is also one of those books that has, okay, every romance reader has had this experience of vividly remembering a scene from a book completely out of the context of anything else. I don't, book. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then it takes, you know, you're constantly like, where was that scene? And sometimes you can never find it. Mm-hmm. Me and the, the sleeping bag. Um, right? So I don't know if everybody... The right. reason anytime someone brings up a sleeping bag is because I vividly remember this book where these two people had been out in the wilderness for some reason. And they finally get back to, like, sort of civilization. And they are, like, being hosted by some blah, blah, blah people. And the guy, like, sneaks back to their kind of tent and zips their sleeping bags together and then kind of makes it like, oh, the people must have done it. They thought we were together. And then he, like, admits to her, like, no, I did it because it was, I knew it would be our last night together. I cannot find this book anywhere. And I've looked kind of where, for years I've been looking for this book. Okay, anyway, in Blue Smoke, this she, Rena, is the, and this is a, a romantic suspense, but I would also say it's like a, definitely like a thriller. Like this is one of those books where, and I think Nora like still writes books like this. Uh, her latest identity, not her latest, the second, the latest one, I would argue is very much like this, where there's a bad guy who's like a psychopath, sort of, you know, we're in his point of view every once in a while. He, This is a killer who's determined to get her. Um, and she comes from a, you know, I think it starts off with her as a kid, but she is an arson investigator, right? And the scene that I remember most vividly, and you're kind of like, why was this the scene I remember, is she goes to investigate a kitchen fire. And a woman had essentially, like, the there really had legitimately been a fire in the kitchen, but this woman sort of realizes that if she, like, helps it along a little bit, that she can get, like, the insurance payout and renovate the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Rena, of course, like, comes along and realizes that something about the way the fire happened is not – was not natural. Like, it got mm-hmm. helped at some point and then put out and then they were called. And um, I remember the scene because, like, she's essentially telling the husband, like, your wife did this. You know what I mean? And And – and so it's like, you're like, oh, my God, she's an arson investigator and 
like breaking up marriages. <laughs> right? Doing the and, Lord's work. Right? Like she's just like, I can't lie about this. Like right. I cannot say that this was, it started as an accident, but then whatever. So yeah, this yeah, was yeah. the scene for years and years and years. I was like, what was that book? And I was like, oh, it's Blue Smoke by Nora Roberts. So Rena is an arson investigator and, you know, there's a, a, an arson, a psychopathic arsonist out for her. And, you know, you kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of know all along who it is. It's someone, you know, she grew up with who was, like, torturing animals down the block or something. Mm. Um, it's always somebody that they Yeah, know. right. Well, because that's it. It's like these are books where, I mean, it's funny because I was, sometimes when you you go back and read old reviews to be like, wait, was it? And it was on Dear Author. There's this review that points out, like, the difference between a mystery and a thriller mm. is, like, a mystery when you're really, like, who's, you don't know who's causing it, but these are thrillers. Like, you, you're, it's really, like, what's going to happen next? And how is he going to mm. come after her? And, like, what is going to be the violence that that happens as due to it? Sure. Um, the thing that was really hard about this book, I totally repressed and forgotten, is that the hero's name, it's her next-door neighbor, is Bo Goodnight. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bo. Well, these are, here's yeah, the other thing. Right. There this are like a lot of... years ago, yeah. And also, like, these tend to be characters whose names are like... like yeah. I just talked about one called Joe. Right. Like, they're, they're like... dudes. They're just guys. They're just people. Jack Reacher style. <laughs> they're just guys. They're just guys. Jack Reacher. You say, you use the word guy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while you were doing this, I just want to update our listeners. I did look up, first of all, these Jill Shalvis books have been rejacketed, and that is unacceptable because <laughs> now they have, like, couples wearing shirts on them. Oh, I don't know. But Sad. we're going to do you a, a solid and put the actual original Blaze Oh, I will. I in, almost always do with the photo array. It's Blaze. Of course Of course it it's Blaze. Of course. Silly me. <laughs> I still don't know. I have not looked at the descriptions of any of these books, but I'm going to tell you Flashpoint uh, and Flashback. And then uh, the you can also get them on Amazon as a combo. I'm sure you can get them everywhere as a combo, but like they've reissued them as a combo. And that one does have a half-naked suspended fireman on it because Harlequin knows what we want. Um, that's called the Firefighters Anthology, obviously. Um, published under Harlequin Men of Courage. Sure. Listen, Harlequin knows the job. They sure. just put the book out. Name it what it deserves. What to be it named. is? Firefighters and anthology. Let's just yeah. not think too hard about this. And then the third one is actually it's three people. It's a holiday anthology from Blaze. It's called Heating Up the Holidays. And not only is he wearing a Santa hat, he is holding a candy cane fire pole. <laughs> Amazing. Like, listen. I don't want anything more than that, Romance. Stop trying so hard. (laughs) This is what I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. (sighs) Amazing. It's great. I can't wait for you all to see it. In fact, I'm going to say, look down at your podcasting app right now, and I'm going to hope that Eric has delivered and put this as the image for this. I do the images, and it will be the image. I promise everyone. I promise. (laughs) I promise. Um, okay, I have more. Do you have more? I'm like, where are we? More. Okay. <laughs> I, we need All to right. keep, well, how far into this? Oh my God, 45 minutes. We gotta, we gotta get yeah. in here. When, or maybe we're going to go to the lightning round, but that, you know. All right, I have two, I have some round. novellas and I have one that like, isn't really, like he is a firefighter, but we don't see fire really. Okay. All right. Where do you want to go? 
I don't know. Like, we're just going to keep going. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about Amy Lee's set on you and save the, like, sexy novellas for the end, for the okay. lightning round. So do that. And then I have one more novel and that, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, I have more, too. But go. Uh, Yeah. Well, I could keep going. I could do this. Could be a two-hour one for me. <laughs> anyway, okay. So this is. I didn't think I had that many, and then oh, I no. was like, "Oh, I have like this you have whoosh. read romance novels for way too long for you to only have like like oh, yeah. firefighters are everywhere when they're you really just start like thinking about when it. I exactly absolutely. Yes. There's also like about that Bella Andre series that I like so much. The Sullivans. One of them is a firefighter. Of course, that one's really fun because. <laughs> There are like eight siblings in that family and everyone, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but every one of them is like the top of their career, like yeah. the greatest vintner in the United States, the greatest actor in the United States, the a major league baseball player, uh, like NFL star. Yes, like they're all just like, it's eight kids and every one of them is like yeah. the greatest. Can I one tell you my, the greatest my true sadness? Cisco firefighter. And he has of course. a penthouse apartment. I don't understand. Of but course. it doesn't matter. Can I tell you my greatest sadness? I, of course, went to, like, look at lists. And then, like, sometimes books disappear, right? Mm. Like, they they were self-published. Ugh. And then they get Romance taken down. Authors, what are you doing? And it's so sad. And there, there was a book called, I was like, I'm reading the hell out of this, called Charmed by the Alien Vampire Fireman. <laughs> um, and I'm really sad to report that it is no longer available. Who's the author? From Crimson, C-R-Y-M-S-Y-N, Hart, H-A-R-T. And it is no longer available. And I was Crimson. really sad. I was like, it's if a Menage, and a you menage know Crimson Heart. vampire, alien, firefighter romance. And I was like, romance is so pure and good. Exactly. It, they spun the Jessicaine trope wheel and yeah. they got to that. The heroine's they, name was Ember. Of course it was. Of course and it was. I just want you to know that I can't, I can find like the chemtrails of it on the internet, but yeah. not it. And Pour I'm one sad. out for Crimson. <laughs> All right. So All right. Anyway, if anybody's yeah. out there and knows Crimson, uh, Jen Tell wants her. to talk to her. Yeah. Just I'll okay, Venmo her five bucks. Can we get to this serious book by Amy Lee, who's like mm. a still writing? Yes. Okay. So uh, last year, Amy Lee wrote her debut. It's called Set on You. Um, it is very cute. This is like, this was in the, like, the heyday of the rom-com boom. Um, so she, the heroine, Crystal Chen, is, um, a curvy influencer, like a fitness influencer. So she, Mm -hmm. like, takes a bunch of videos of herself at the gym, like, doing reps and, like, jumping around. Um, and, you know, whatever. And she's great. And she's followed by, like thousands and thousands of people because she's like about body positivity and like you can be both fat and fit. And yeah. she's great. She's a really fun character. Um, there is a guy who also works out at the gym and like is always in her way, like always like using the squat rack when she needs to use it or always like they're just like in a constant competitive battle for like reps and he's not gross and it's not like he's not like he's lovely he's a hero um he is also a firefighter scott and um they like have this kind of like this like gym repartee where they're always like i can do 10 of those like well i can do 12 like they're in a constant battle um and then they end up at uh, their grandparents, each of them is, their grandparents are getting married and they don't know. 
And then mm-hmm. they get to the, their grandparents' engagement party and they discover that they're going to be related. Oh. And so it's very cute. And there's like a big family and it's very funny. And there's also like lots of body positivity in here. And like he's super into her from the jump and he's also a firefighter. Um, this is single POV, so we don't get much of Scott. So you're not going to get like a ton of firefighting experience here, but it's cute. And a- this is Amy Lee's debut. And I'm very glad she's here in romance. Yeah, I think the second one might also have a firefighter based on the list really? I was reading. I don't know. I haven't read it. I think it. it's I have just it on coming my, out. Yeah. I have it on my, uh, my, yeah. oh, no, it just came out. X's it and O's. It just came out. Right. X's and O's. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure oh, I guess them. so. Boston yeah. firefighter Trevor. So there you go. Yeah. The third one is a there lobster you go. fisherman. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> like, I love it. Amy, I'm so yeah. excited you're here. Can okay. I just name check, um, since we are running into the end of the episode, that um, Anchored Hearts by Priscilla Oliveras. This is, we had her on to talk about Second Chance Romance when this book came out back in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, has, uh, um, da, 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 uh, he is the one who like left and like traveled the world as a photographer mm-hmm. and comes home and finds that his um, Anna Maria Navarro is a firefighter and a paramedic. And also, like, sort of on the side, does, like, personal training. And um, this, so, like, we talked about this book extensively back in season three. But it's great. Priscilla writes a great romance. And I also like when we talked about at the beginning, like, the idea of, I mean, obviously, several of the ones I've talked about have been, like, the woman is the firefighter or the yeah. arts investigator or whatever. And so um, that is a whole one. And, you know, there's a bunch of cute stuff in the blurb about them rekindling the flame. Because okay. Priscilla knows what's what. So I'm not going to say much more about it because we've talked about it pretty extensively. But it's uh, Priscilla writes a great romance. And there you go. So we're going to go from Priscilla who writes closed door romances to uh, some hot ones. If okay. That's okay. I want to talk. We've talked about this part. We did a whole dr- a deep dive on them. London Hale. Oh, yeah. Is like my favorite one-handed read. One of my favorite one-handed read teams. They don't write under London Hale anymore. It's very sad. Mm -hmm. Um, But my favorite of all of their books is a book called Talk Dirty to Me, where the the heroine is the mayor of this small town in, like, Washington State. And uh, the hero is, like, a young rookie firefighter who moonlights as a phone sex operator. And they just, like, happen to have been having phone sex, like, for a while. And uh, he discovers, he realizes that, like, his favorite client is actually the mayor of the town in which he is a firefighter. Listen, again, all of this is romance reasons. This is not how phone sex and mayoring goes, I don't think. But it's a delight. And um, it's really sexy. And this is also, if you like older heroine, younger hero, this one's for you. Yeah. Okay. I have um, a book I, I I liked a lot from called uh, Strike a Match by Fiona Riley. And in this one, we have, it's a lesbian romance, um, a firefighter, the firefighter Sasha. And she has been like a real, uh, like a womanizer, essentially. Like, right? Like, she just like goes out and kind of has a lot of hookups and, um you know, has had a, a great fun time, but is, I think, you know, kind of ready to, I don't know, like settle down. And so she actually hooks up with this dating service 
because what she's uh, and so that's like part of the series. It's called a perfect match novel and a perfect match was the name of the dating service. And so they're both clients of the same matchmaker. Abby is the other woman. Um, they've met at like social events and like mixers, but they they this time they're um, they are essentially like meeting at a wedding. And, you know, it's like they have like a lot of chemistry. It's real sexy. They kiss. Right. And, you know, this is like a book that has a lot of really good internal conflict for both women, both of these women. So. For Sasha, she is, like, hustling, working a bunch of jobs, like, really, like, trying to kind of, you know, make ends meet. And there's a lot of medical debt in the family because her father had leukemia. And Abby, it turns out, is actually a millionaire. She's an heiress to some fancy Boston family, but she routinely lies about this because she has been, had, like, bad situations with gold diggers, right? And so she figures out pretty quickly that Sasha is not a gold digger, but also has sort of painted herself into a corner of not telling the truth about the fact that she has all this money, right? And so, you know, one of the things that then happens is that um, Sasha is like, you know, kind of makes judgmental comments about rich women when they're out, which Abby is hurt by. But, like, what is she supposed to do? Because she can't exactly say, like, wait, that's me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's, like, a lot of uh, conflict uh, between them that is about class, which is actually pretty, I think, kind of unusual, right? Um, in my review, one of the things I said is that there's, like, some pacing. Like, I think that there's, like, a, basically it's kind of slow. They're not really with each other as much as I would like. But that this is, like, a book I really enjoyed um, because I felt like it really, you know, this book was probably written, again, pre-pandemic. You know, it just has so much uh, information about, like, them as people and their families and, you know, kind of, like, who they are. It, it was Really, really well done. So that's Strike a Match by Fiona Riley. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out Victoria Dahl. Who oh, yeah, also doesn't write romance anymore, but uh, oh, she has a terrific novella called Fanning the Flames. Um, this one is for everybody who's looking for heroines who are over 40. That's right. Um, that's right. The heroine is... A curvy librarian who's a single mom and over 40. And her ex-husband's, like, friend, he is <laughs> is the fire captain. And the fire, the, it's in a small town. And the library and the firehouse share a building. <laughs> and yes. um, it's my great. favorite I've part, it's so cute. She, yeah. like, basically sits at the circulation desk and watches the firehouse do their, like, morning runs outside and he <laughs> never fireman. wears a shirt and she just like salivates over him but like could never actually have him because like he's friends with her ex-husband yeah um and he like is obsessed with her like she's he just wants to get his hands on all of her curves and it's yeah. very hot and there's this great scene where, like, they're tr they, like, go home to her house where she lives with her teenage daughter. And yeah. they start to, like, make out on the couch. And the teenage daughter comes home. And it's, like, chaos. And, <laughs> like, it just sounds so per It's so perfect and charming. And I think Victoria is just, like, one of the best yeah, contemporary writers out it's there. Great. And, like, yeah. if you have never read Victoria Dahl, but you are looking for just, like, somewhere to someone new to read in 2024 mm -hmm. in contemporary 
go to her because she writes a great romance. Um, and then you'll just be sad with us at the end that now she writes really fantastic thrillers as Victoria Helen Stone. Yeah. And has just like left the pool, but we yeah. still love her. We still love her. Okay. That I have, is the end on my list. All right. And I have one more novella. Was that one a kind of a novella? That right? was a novella, yeah. Okay. Um, I've been saving this one because it has, honestly, like a title that makes it seem silly. And it's like not silly at all. It's called <laughs> Hottie, Scotty, and Mr. Porter by yeah. R. Cooper. Have you ever read R. Cooper? No. R. Cooper writes, I think, some of my favorite gay romances have been written by R. Cooper. Um, she also wrote one about, like, Thanksgiving, Vincent's Thanksgiving date, which I think is, like, a like a gem. Um, and often in her, 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 not her, and they're all like novellas. Like, I think she's just like one of those writers where the sweet spot is like 125 pages, um, which I like because sometimes it's just, I don't know, they're so pure, right? Like, there's just not a lot of extra. In this case, Scott is um, Korean American and has moved to this small town. In Northern California, I mean, and I mean like rural Northern California, a couple, you know, a couple hours north of like San Francisco, where there's like basically once you pass Sacramento, it's like we're talking small towns. And I think one of the things I like about that is it's really exploring like even in a state like California where everyone just assumes that everything is awesome all the time, right? Scott is dealing not only with some like low-key, like straight up like, like, that kind of paternalistic racism from the white women in town. Mm. But also, like, they out him when they, you know. So Ugh. he he has moved up there to help his sister, who is, I think, divorced and has kids. And he is a fireman. And he is, like, you know, in his late 20s. He's about to turn 30. He's kind of, like, awkward. He's such an awkward baby. You know, he is, but he loves, like, working out. He eats really healthy. He talks about it all the time because it, he feels like, it's funny, I think his sister, somebody at some point, like, maybe it's in his point of view, I can't remember. Like, this was a way when he was in high school that he, like, kind of, like, made, like, conversation with the jocks. And then, like, realized, actually, he really loves, like, working out. Like, he's constantly, like, running and talking mm. about what he eats. And, you know, and and so the women in town just think he's, like, this himbo. Like, literally, like, the opening scene is then, like, he's talking to this woman who's in charge of, like, you know, the knitting club or whatever. I don't think her name's Karen, but it's probably Karen. And they, she starts telling him that there's this one other gay man in town, Cole, who's a widow. And these women have decided it's time to start setting Cole up. And... Scott, what they she does not know. Classic is straight lady. Yes, right. Saying, like I know exactly. one other gay person. Yes, you should be yes. together. Well, mm-hmm. no. In this case, she's like doesn't even think about Scott because Scott is just this like dumb himbo, and Cole is like the town's librarian, and he has you know wears bow ties and has mm. refined tastes. And so, like, they're thinking about, like, kind of men outside. Like, you know, like, she's kind of like, do you know anybody? And he's, you know, he's like, this town doesn't have, you know, Tinder and if it, or grinder. And if it does, I mean, it's just, like, really. Mm-hmm. But what she does not know is that he and Cole had a hookup the year before. <gasps> right? They had Scandal. this real hot night together. And then Cole kind of, like, disappears on him. And Scott's like, I'm. They might think I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Like, I know he doesn't want anything more from me. And so 
you know, every time they run into each other now, it's just like awkward and Scott's kind of pining for him. It's just, I don't think, I think if you're a person who really comes to romance for like feelings with a capital F, you would love R. Cooper, right? Like, because these are people who just like long for love and they just know who the object of their affection is, but they can be like, that's just hard and scary and, you know, and he's just like, I don't want to be part of, like, the gay power couple of this tiny little town. And <laughs> they don't even think of me like that. And so, um, anyway, it's great. They, uh, what happens is basically, like, the, when the you know, nosy straight ladies of this town, in fact, tried to s- start setting Cole up. And he's like, oh, my God, what is happening? And so Scott and Cole are going to finally figure it out. But it's a great book. And Scott is a firefighter in the town. Again, like not a whole lot of firefighting on page, but uh, the fire in his heart. Hottie Scotty and Mr. Porter. Hottie Scotty. So perfect. Well, I think we did the job. I think so, too. Um, I hope you all get hunky firefighters (laughs) in your life. Whenever you need them. Yeah. Anything else? Do we have anything to say? Any news? We jumped We jumped right in. Yeah. Well, because we were so excited. No, I have no news, everybody. No news. Just, it's January. You know, There's nothing. It's, it's January. Just, we're just doing the job. I mean, <laughs> you just we're just trying to keep everybody warm through the winter. Ah, uh, there you go. I see what you did there. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm here with my friend Jen Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And you can find us, we are Faded Mates. You can find us on FadedMates.net every Wednesday on your podcasting app. If you're listening to this in some way other than that, you can subscribe uh, on your podcasting app. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Faded Mates, on Instagram at Faded Mates Pod, on all the other things at Variations of Faded Mates. Uh, We're doing our job here. We're just trying to figure out where everybody's landing and then we'll land there with you. Um, If you really enjoy listening to us talk about books and uh, getting recommendations, you definitely want to be a part of our Discord. In order to do that, head over to our Patreon, patreon.net, no, patreon.com slash fadedmates. And there you can access uh, the Discord and where there are people just talking about romance all the time at you. Really? We started the cutest thing yesterday. So Kelly, who's not my Kelly, a different Kelly, um, who said, I have a great idea for a new channel. And I'm always like, yes, let's hear it. And it's called The Daily Question. And it's just like a question that like someone posts in the day and then like people just discuss it all day. And yesterday's was basically like, what's the first book you remember reading and loving as a child? And it was a delight to read. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's just, like, so fun because there's, like, obviously a lot of romance talk, but it's also just a lot of, like, friendly, like, talking with other people who love romance about, like, themselves and who they are and all that kind of stuff. It's great. You know what Discord's really fun. I think about all the time I loved when I was a kid. I wonder if I should get it for my daughter. I don't even remember, but Tuck Everlasting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure, because, you know. I must have read that a million times, just over and over again. But I don't even know how old I would have been. That's like a pretty classic fourth or fifth grade book. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get it for... Sure. I mean, sure. No. Because, you know... Is it weird? No. No, kids. It's like the heartbreak, right? Isn't that the uh, one where... Yeah. They they, I mean, they drink alert. from the fountain of youth. 
And then he convinces, the like teenage boy convinces her yeah. not to drink from it because she'll see everyone she loves die. <gasps> Listen, right <laughs> yeah. there. That's it. Right That's there. the button I got installed. Well, I was saying like I gotta I, go into Discord and tell him. Yeah. I remember the like the first book I really loved. I still own it. Mm. Um was my babysitter got me this. And it, I know it was like I was five because it says the year that she gave it to me for my birthday. This like book of fairy tales, this mm-hmm. means book of fairy tales. And, like, the illustrations were so beautiful. And I, like, read and reread. I mean, fairy tales, of course, Mm -hmm. with Heavenly Rafters. Like, I was obsessed with this book. I read it over and over again. I can vividly remember, like, the illustrations. Everyone looked really elven, you know, with, like, little, like, pointy faces and ears and stuff. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I don't remember picture books or any of that. I just remember, like, the first book I can remember, like, I can see myself on my bed. That's it. That was, like, everlasting. Mm. Anyway, my friends, uh, that's the story. That's us in a nutshell. Thanks, uh, as always, to our our advertisers and our sponsors. Um, We're very grateful to you, and uh, we'll see you next week.